As an unlicensed doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake Doctor's Orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Welcome to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price. Brought to you by Ye Old Orchard Pub. There's a lead pass. In on goal, McDavid. Scores! 3-1 Canada! Here's the one-two pitch from Martinez. Ball hit out into center field. Going back, Marquise Grissom. He's got it! Dennis Martinez has pitched a perfect game. There's a shot. They the 2-1 pitch. Cordero swings. Base hit. The Expos will win. The Expos will win. Cordero with a base hit to win the ballgame in the bottom of the ninth inning. The draw is over. Drink it in, Canada. World champions. It's Elliott. Elliott for the touchdown. And now, here's your host, Elliott Price. Price. Why the NHL continues to embarrass themselves in the Department of Concussions is beyond me. They still won't get on the page that everyone's on. Head trauma causes CTE. Hockey hits and fights cause head trauma. Many players will suffer with memory and headaches and early dementia and many other lovely things. Half a million dollars was donated to research on this subject last year. None from the league. All from the Players Association. Players were lied to throughout their careers. And the lying continues. In a case that was unsealed yesterday, court documents quote the league as describing the players as pawns. And I quote, mere puppets who certainly would not have the mental faculties to write lucid and sophisticated op-eds for publications. Nice. On it goes. And as it goes, much suffering continues. It's time the league decided what it is they can afford. Former players and their respective handlers need to decide what it will take to help. And something needs to be done. Shame on the league again. Price and that's Grant Robinson. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Sportsnet Tonight. How you doing? Hey, there's games tonight. The Canadians are playing no score. And uh, we will talk to the managing editor of Eyes on the Prize, Habs Eyes on the Prize, a terrific website. It's getting bigger and bigger, and soon they'll be too big for us, but 
Mark Dumont will join too, us. Too big for oh, Sportsnet got, tonight. I know. With can you imagine? Can no. you imagine? I mean, I can see it getting big, but... I know. I know. What's going on, Grant? Mark loves us. And... This is my kind of night. I love this. The, if, if I was at home right now, you, it's, the, it's the kind of night where you don't know which game to watch, which is perfect, because oh, that just please. leads us to us. Are the Leafs playing tonight? Yeah, but that's only at 8.30. I got oh, I got an hour and a half right now, you know? So so for the next 26 minutes, you don't know which game to watch. Yeah, exactly. But it's a nice... It's, <laughs> and you got to watch at 7, you know? Yeah. Intermission, you're yeah. flipping. Ooh. If you're in a pool, yeah. you know, there's sure. some movement. Sure. It's a good night. Well, you were all crazy here yesterday. You were doing the show, and at the same time, what, what the hell was going on? On there. That's a pool. The I, I got some degenerate gambling friends. Oh, out I here. have some degenerate gambling friends. Hey, Thirty people. Not high. Thirty people. hundred dollars each. Halfway through the year, bottom half gets eliminated. You redraft, and it's a two thousand dollar prize you, pool for first do you win place. These? Actually, quite often. Okay. So here's the story. It's it's a great story. I I think uh, it, it it involves Danny Ainge, and I'm trying to remember uh, what other uh, Boston Celtic. And, of course, Ainge is a Mormon, right? And he used to take part in the uh, in the card games. Uh, Kevin, come on, Boston, so Kevin McHale. So McHale ended up as the general manager in Minnesota. He coached his general manager. And, of course, Danny Ainge ended up as general manager of the Boston Celtics. And they said, well, you know, you're a Mormon. You're, you're not supposed to be gambling. And he said, when you play with Kevin, it's not gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows a Kevin, though. You know what I mean? Everybody knows a... That's, that's just nasty. Yeah, but the thing is, not the, in this case, not only does everyone know a Kevin, they know this Kevin. <laughs> Everybody knows he's a, you know, a Hall of Famer. Is Kevin McHale a Hall of Famer? He's certainly uh, right That's a great there. quote. Right? I actually love that. Uh, that that's, that's great. Not... <laughs> ah, great, great, uh, great comeback lines. What's uh, another one? It, it involves Reggie Jackson, right? Uh, Reggie was in trouble. He did something wrong or whatever, and uh, he goes into the manager's office, and the manager tells him that'll that that's going to cost you a hundred dollars. That's a fine. So Reggie writes out a check for two hundred. <laughs> well, <laughs> so that's for next time. <laughs> Everybody's got a good line, All right? So what else is going on today? Uh, Super Bowl first day, media day, and some little bit of wackiness there, and we'll have some of that. Someone brought a tear to Tom Brady's eye. Was that genuine? I yeah, don't know genuine. because it was it was a weird. Uh, didn't he just call his dad out this week as a joke? Yeah, but he's he like, was, I got No, I, lo- I really liked it. Tight, yeah, you can you know? see it. That was well, really you cool. You know why? You know what his dad did? Oh, I spoke out again and said, "Oh, on the radio, Goodell, big time, <laughs> it's like the he, fifth he, he time went, he's yeah, done so, this." And so obviously, <laughs> you know, at some point this week, Brady went, "Dad, yo." But I'm just saying, think about it. Wig, they asked him, do you have anything to say about Goodell? He goes, no, nothing. And then they said, who's, my, who's your idol? He said, my dad they is my hero no, because no, he's the one minute. putting it to Goodell. Wait, no, you're not telling the whole story. <laughs> they didn't ask him. That's fair. No, well, they, I've, I've heard who them ask him the question. I've heard them ask him. Uh, no, no, I'm asking you, who asked him that question? The the dad. Oh, it the kid. kid. Yeah, the kid was really exactly. cool. On his dad's you shoulders. Gotta put it in context. We've been together almost a year, and by now I have taught you nothing. Happy anniversary. Nothing. Happy anniversary, Not Elliot. Be on the 14th. <laughs> I've taught you nothing. I'm embarrassed. You Did know? you just say our anniversary is February 14th? I believe our first show was Sunday, <laughs> Valentine's oh, Day, February 14th. It just gets more 14th. and more romantic. I know. It just gets more and more romantic. Is that all we got for this opener? Should we tell people who we have? We said uh, Mark Dubois will join us. We'll talk to uh, Scott Morrison about uh, the National Hockey League. Um, it's basketball night, so that's uh, Dwight Walton. I promised uh, the interview that uh, 
was done on the weekend with the greatest players of all time. Ron McLean sitting down with 66, 99, number four, and a moose. Well, there you go. All right, opening face-off. We'll see what Grant Robinson has up his sleeve. <laughs> Grant, do something about that. That's coming up next. This ain't like when you're at a game and sign up for a credit card just to get the prize and then you immediately cancel the credit card. Because there's no prize when you sign up for our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. All right, Elliot. We're getting to that point of the year. Yeah. Uh, there's rumors all over town. I now, again, rumors. nothing is concrete. But this is more more looking at something. Look, Darren Drager uh, earlier today. And, and now... Having said this, he said that the Habs are interested in Matt Duchesne. Now, I'm sure everybody is. Oh, sorry. You're sorry, welcome. Sir, yeah. You're welcome. This was me. I gave Montreal a goal this I time. Know. Never again. <laughs> Never again will I do that. Okay, go on. I'll, well, I'll fill them in in a minute. Darren Drager confirmed that the Montreal Canadiens have interest in Matt Duchesne okay. of the Colorado Avalanche. Why now, wouldn't they? Exactly. I'm sure a lot of the league does. But knowing what the price would be for a player like this, yes. this isn't a second-round pick that Berger no. Mays used to give out. This isn't even a, a Nathan Bolier. This is, you're talking significant, they're saying an established defenseman and a number one pick, yep. at least. Uh, now, is this the type of move that if you were in charge, do you think this helps the Habs? Does this help their window if you do that? or uh, Acquiring Duchesne? Acquiring, yes. Absolutely. Uh, and would you... and he's, he's a future guy, too. I mean, that's uh, you're not just uh, getting a rental here. That's why it's going to cost. Because we talked about this. We, but, we both said give up are if we, you can. Are we talking about what's, what's the number one? Does that mean a guy who was number one? Well, or, that's what I'm saying is the... a guy who's going to be number one? A, a lot of people are saying today uh, that, you know... giving up Sergeyev. I'm not giving him up. Hear, hear me out here, and and I get where you're coming from. There's no one else to talk to here. But Sergachev, again, is not helping. If everybody agrees that the window is two years, right? Carey Price yep. on that contract, and yep. you have Max Pacioretty on that contract. Yep. Radulov is here. Weber is only going to get progressively worse, right? Years through. Now is the time. Sergachev is not helping you during that two-year window. So if the goal is a cup now, Matt Duchesne is 26 years old. Uh, what I don't think people realize is... Everybody will say, well, that's not, Galchenyuk's going to be way better. Galchenyuk at this age is, he had a great year what does last that mean? year. He's going to be way better. You're going to have both of them. I, no, but, I don't well, understand this is what that I'm argument. saying. Matt Duchesne at this point in his career, 70 points, 27 goals. Yeah, we know who he's he is. the type of guy who gives you two legitimate centers. Uh, he's instantly, arguably, the most talented player on the team. Oh, other than Kyrie, but forward wise, he's the best skater for sure. Uh, is pretty but he would be the best skater. I yeah. don't think that's a, that's an argument. Pacioretty's a good skater. And Pacioretty... And he has a goal tonight. A Pacioretty scored? Yes. Look how you fit that in there, eh? <laughs> Look how you fit that. That's a pro, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank God, so, after a thousand years. So your kind of thing here is give up what know. you can, know. We'll, but... We'll talk about what, what the deal is. I want to know who's who, right? You want a defenseman? Is it Beaulieu? Fine. They want an established defenseman. What's an established defenseman? They're, they're not getting Petrie. Okay. Yeah, that I agree with. That's not happening. So, who else might anybody want? Uh, on the, I think on the current roster, guy, the only guy you're getting is Bolu. He's under contract. I I really don't think this guy gets moved. I, I'm shocked who, if Beaulieu? they move him. No, Duchene. Uh, I'm really shocked if they move him. You can move him at the draft when when you don't have to be in a playoff race to yeah, do it. it right. No, you know what? It has. It it doesn't matter. You're saying, oh, they can move him at the draft. No, they'll move him when they get. If they're going if to you move get the him, price. I agree. You get what you want and you make the trade. 
And if you don't get what you want, you don't make the trade. That's what I'm saying. I really, I'll be shocked if he moves. Uh, I think this is the type of player but, you but see get moved in, mind, in the offseason or at the draft. If you're, if whatever it is that you're offering, okay, if he's available, there are other teams knocking at the door here. Okay. And it's known he's available. It's not like sure. Shea Weber, everybody knew wasn't. It, it, there was no rumors whatsoever, and then he was traded, right? So this is, uh, it's out there. Every GM that's interested is calling, getting the price. You're not just going to, I really don't see how Nathan Bullier is, and it may be a piece of it, but I don't think a 20th, 20, what, 25th, 26th, uh, first or first round pick. And Bollier, I wouldn't trade away a 26-year-old guy who's close to a point per game. But I'm not the Colorado Avalanche, and they know the vision they want to uh, do. You'd be big, wouldn't you? <laughs> Trey, I'd still do the show, though. I would still come. I would still call. Hey, we're getting Blair Mackesy on the show, right? People don't forget about Elliot when? Price. Well, he's been on. Oh, us, no. no, you made it sound like we were going to. I said, I didn't call him. <laughs> well, he's not answering my call. I'll tell you that much. Me neither. Trade deadline one month away. Yep. Uh, some names out there that, like I just said, maybe Matt Duchesne, it's out there, but I don't think he'll be moved necessarily. It's just a name that's available and people are gauging. Who's one player in your mind that a team has to trade? Like, it, forget it being out there. Take the best offer you can get as long as it's somewhat fair, but you got to move this guy. It's You can't keep him. Is there anybody out there that you think like that? Like, I'll say for me, Ben Bishop, you're the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Even if he wanted to resign, you lose him or Vasilevsky uh, in the in the expansion draft. He's too good. You already re-signed Vasilevsky. You've made the decision. Their stats this year are identical. One's 2.79, one's 2.78 goals against. 11-0-3, both of them. So it's not really like one's doing better for you. And you're six points out. The only reason you'd want to keep him was for the playoff run. At the beginning of the year, didn't we say that? Keep him for the playoff push. Right now, Tampa Bay, trade him to da- You're telling me Dallas doesn't have, wouldn't give a first-round pick to have this guy? Uh, or something crazy? I'm kidding. I'm Dallas. I, I'm giving people that away, not this away. Well, no, no, but uh, I'm saying a I'm team thinking, like you, that. You said one, well, I'm thinking Patrick Sharp is a guy that's got to be traded. I, I've, that's, but, if, if Dallas is giving out, and if they don't get a goalie, they might as well trade everybody because they're never winning with Kerry Lettinen. They're just not winning. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. They're not in a very good spot right now. And Patrick Sharp's a piece. Uh, I heard some callers recently in Montreal say, "Oh, Patrick Sharp's done." To no, me, Patrick stop. Sharp is the exact kind of guy you want to acquire sure. for a playoff push. You're a Blackhawks fan. You know better than most. Well, especially since that's where he's going to end up. <laughs> oh my! They this love is doing what that. Chicago does. They do love doing that. That that is the odds-on team for Patrick Sharp to end up on, and probably would have his most success if he went back to Chicago. The Campbell's back. First Steed came back and won a cup. You know. Wait till, wait till you know another five years. Bufflin will be back. So here we go. This is uh, Detroit Red Wings fans out there. You've been spoiled. Congratulations. You know, twenty five years straight making the playoffs. They had hasn't happened where they missed since nineteen ninety. They're seven points out of the playoffs right now. Now they do have some games in hand, so they're not out. But is this the year that streak ends? Oh yeah. Yeah, you're you're pretty confident. Oh, they're dead in the water. Because I look at them, you know. Athanasiu, you, you watch him, he makes some very impressive plays sometimes. Guy's got like 16 points on the whole year. That's their, that's their focal point, their bright it, spot. It is very difficult to move in the standings. Right now they are seven points out of a playoff spot. Because Philly's sitting in that wild card at 56, and Detroit's there at 49. But it's not just 49. They're last! You got to jump over Buffalo, mm. New Jersey, Carolina, Tampa Bay, the Islanders, Florida, 
Toronto, and either Boston or Philadelphia. That is a long haul, baby. And teams That's like Toronto too many and teams. Ottawa it doesn't matter. That's too many. Hand on you too. But everybody, you know, yeah. we, we talked about this is why you, your uh, opinion on overtime losses not being losses is flawed. I also say they should get rid of the shootout, but I, I, I know I'm just telling from, you yeah. that p- teams pick up two and three points, uh, two and one point. On the same night, and it's very. Di- you're not going to be able to crawl over all these teams because everybody's getting points. No, very it's, difficult. It's tough. Look, I, I agree. I think it's done. Doesn't change how impressive it is. Congratulations. I mean, Detroit Red Wings in hockey, it's not that easy, and they've done it, man. Twenty five years. That's that's more than any player, right? They lost Lidstrom. Everybody said they won't be able to withstand that. No, Datsuk. They're still sticking around too. I thought they weren't going to make it last year. Mm. They made it, so we'll see. But uh, I don't think it looks good. Ale Vigno signed to a two-year contract extension today with the Rangers. Uh, made the third highest paid coach in hockey behind only Babcock and Quenville. Uh, well-earned signing. What, what do you sure. make of his I time mean, in New York so far? Just look at those Stanley Cups that he's run up during his time in the National Hockey League. Come on, Elliot. That's unfair. <laughs> That's I unfair. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at Quenville, uh, and I understand that comparison. But Ale Vigno, yeah. I, I will give him this. He's done nothing but succeed since going to the Rangers. This year especially is, to me, the most impressive year because their team was projected to be a poor team. People weren't saying the Rangers were going to make noise this year. They've had a ton of injuries. They're still only three points back of the Penguins. But look at his last few years. They lost last year in the first round, but to the Penguins, they beat everyone. 2015 Conference Finals lost in Game 7 to Tampa Bay. Everybody in Montreal remembers 2014. They made it to the Stanley Cup Final. And the year before that, lost in the second round to Boston, who made the cup final. There's not many teams in the NHL outside of your Chicago Blackhawks. That ain't worth $4 million a year. I don't know what is. I've seen some players get... uh, I know players is different, but when you see it, to me, coaching, especially a team like the Rangers, you make so much money. I would have given Mike Babcock for the Leafs $20 million a year. I don't even care. Take it. Take it. Doesn't count against the salary cap? You, you, no you know problem. I think you need to keep a couple of dollars for yourself. Don't tell them they're the there. Leafs are the hey, team give them that five, are signing guys to, to contracts yeah. as coaches just to fire them and say, here, here's your severance package. Oh, uh, take it in. The, the best thing that ever happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs was the National Hockey League salary cap. Not, not in terms of how good a team they could build because they have money to burn in Toronto. And they could actually you know, put together a team where they but could they pay players be more than everybody else. Money. But man, yeah. they make money because yeah, they're only right. allowed to pay so much. Oh, sorry. We've paid all that we can pay now. We'll have to keep the rest. Last question here. Me and you have kind of talked about this a little bit when Ronda Rousey first lost uh, that last one. We came in and we said, is this the end? Why wouldn't it be the uh, end? What, you want to come well, back and get your face beat in again? Even Dana White said, even Dana oh, White said, like, Dana she's, White. she's probably done. He said that that night. But, but again, this is way after. You never know. Do you think that there's any chance she comes back or do you really think she's no, walking away? What are you going to do? She just made a lot of money. Three million. And, and she got hurt. And bad, she got hurt yeah. bad the last two times. And embarrassed. You want to end up, also send you pictures of uh, boxers and football players and hockey players that have been hit one too many times. And you want to go there? Good. Good on you. A few dollars more. And you won't know that you have money in uh, 20 years. Her career's not as lucrative as it was before. She's not untouchable now. But she's still got movies. You got all these things. Yeah, you sure. made all do, this do money. Something else. Go do something. Model. Whatever. Do fitness. Who, who cares? But I, I kind of agree. The only way I see her coming back is for pride. You know, to, to kind of do what it pride? right. You want to end work? with a win. You want. She's a very proud person. She's she going to get the hell beat out of her again. How do you end up with pride? 
Right. Maybe she tackles the girl first. Look and, how uh, proud I am. I'm she's getting get hit again. Amanda Nunez to coach her. <laughs> and then you're down on the ground. They're picking up your pieces. I'm so proud to be here lying in a pool of blood. <laughs> I still say she has enough to be proud of that she doesn't have to come back. Forget the coming back and proving you oh, can win I one more fight. About it longer, hey, yeah. she brought she brought women to Dana White said yes, women will never it. fight That's here. Over. You did it, R- Rhonda. Please, for all of us, I picked you because you tricked me into thinking you were making this come. It's done. Just, just. I thought it was you and Dana. What, I don't. It's so confusing for me. You picked her. <laughs> I I picked. No, I mean in in the pool. You know, I'm trying to. I thought Rousey was going to come back, and maybe she'll she's going to take her down to the ground, break her arm. Come back, wrong, when? wrong. Oh, she was another time. punching bag. Yeah, yeah. And uh, happy trails, I think is it's time to say, Amen. Ronda Rousey, <laughs> happy trails. Are we done here? Done like Rousey. <laughs> the opening faceoff with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson. Subscribe to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. No medical exam or health questions will be asked. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. So there you go. Morgan Riley, probably next game. And that'll be good news because they've been iffy without him in the lineup. He's been huge. Uh, Meanwhile, apparently Canada's Andrew Wiggins can play. Credits this Orlando team for refusing to go away. Coming into his own, putting up some fine numbers. Have you heard of the uh, battle now between uh, Charles Barkley and LeBron James? Uh, Barkley's, uh, you know, been dissing James, but this has been good all going on for a while, right? And I wish that somebody caught this so we could actually listen to James saying this. But here's what he had to say. I'm not going to let him disrespect my legacy like that. I'm not the one who threw somebody through a window. I never spit on a kid. I never had unpaid debt in Las Vegas. I never said I'm not a role model. I never showed up at All-Star Weekend on Sunday because I was in Vegas all week partying. All I've done my entire career is represent the NBA the right way. 14 years, never got in trouble, respected the game. Print that. LeBron James. Cavs have lost six out of eight. We're not better than last year from a personnel standpoint. We're a top-heavy team. I just hope we're not satisfied. It's like when you don't have bodies, it's tough. We're top-heavy. It's me, Kyrie, Kevin Love. It's top-heavy. I'm not singling out anybody. I'm not. Yeah, we won the championship, but you know what? Let's see if we can do something. Challenging Dan Gilbert also to uh, spend more. And I'll ask you, Chuck. Uh... Same kind of question I asked KG. LeBron James' comments were blank. Inappropriate, uh, whiny, uh, all the above. The Cleveland Cavaliers 
They have given him everything he wanted. They have the highest payroll in NBA history. They they bought. He wanted J.R. Smith last summer. They paid him. He wanted Shumper last summer. They bought in Kyle. Uh, excuse me, Kyle Carver. They he's the best player in the world. Does he want all the good players? He don't want to compete. He is an amazing player. But this notion. They're the defending champs, and for him to be trying to hold anything over Dan Gibbons head, and I love all these uh, young, these wild punk-ass reporters on television who's afraid to call LeBron. LeBron's a great player and a great guy, but this notion that he's got to have all the best players on his team. He's got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. He want everybody. He don't want to compete. He want to be the favorite all the time. It just pisses me off that a guy that great don't want to compete. that Charles Barkley went about saying what he wanted to say by saying what he said. I agreed with everything except when it led him to the conclusion that you don't want to compete. How does that add up to that? That's I want I'm trying to compete too I much if anything. That's I don't understand. I get what he's saying. Hey, uh, they are the defending champs and the other guys went out and got Kevin Durant. Excuse me. Why don't you talk about that? Golden State doesn't have to say, why don't you get us the best player in the NBA that's not on either of these two teams? Because he already went there. Four all pros. LeBron wants another he wants to win another championship. Get me another player. Now you think that he's being whatever, that's fine. But to say that a man doesn't want to compete, no one competes harder than LeBron James. I just think that Charles doesn't understand what he's saying. I don't think Charles Barkley understands a lot of things. When, when have we ever said, you know who makes great decisions or you know who, who makes very intellectual comments? Charles Barkley. It doesn't happen. But you know what? He's got a job for that reason. They don't want him saying uh, some, they want him saying things like this that gets him back in the news. And now but people are talking about many it. Many people do say, well if I'm going to listen to an update, I'm going to listen to Grant Robinson. That's what people say. I've been known to say that myself. Well, you better be listening, because <laughs> in just a moment, Grant will have one of those. And then we'll talk with Mark Dumont about the Canadians' first period, about the crowded blue line, which our boys, Eric Engels and Kyle Bukoskis, are talking about right now on Sportsnet. This is Sportsnet Tonight, and I'm Elliot Price. shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Do not settle. Demand. Demand. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on Demand.
demand. Price. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. I never slice. Come on, Elliot. I meant to do that. Get in your general direction. Elliot Price. Yo, You're tuned in to Sportsnet tonight with Elliot Price. C'est moi ici qui est responsable. Here on 1280 AM, Montreal. It's understanding that makes it possible for people like us to tolerate a person like yourself. Price! You know, Elliot, you were right. It's not a lie if you believe it. Now, Sportsnet tonight. Talking hockey. You know, the home team in red, white, and blue. Well, let the barrage begin. Because Mark Dumont is with us and usually brings with him a bushel of goals. And the Canadians already have one. How you doing, Mark? Not too bad, Elliot. And yourself? I'm good. You know what? I wanted to ask you a question about your website. Uh, yeah. Because I want to know, I mean, how you doing? Because when I use and have for years, I don't know why, but uh, my, I've always liked Google Sports. I went there, and they've changed, and not, you know, they have their pluses and minuses. But when we click on a hockey story, it's amazing how often it comes up from Habs Eyes on the Prize. So how does that happen? Elliot, I am blessed to have a fantastic team. We, we have over 50 writers and different editors for the website. So, you know, it, it, it's just a blog, but we take it pretty darn seriously. Uh, you know, and, and I'm lucky enough to have people like show up to all the events in Montreal. So, so really, it, it's just because I have a fantastic team. And, and how, I mean, so how do they pick and choose and decide that it's your stories that, that are the ones that are picked up? Uh, there are better stories than the other. There's, what's the connection here? Well, actually, that's the interesting part is it's an algorithm from Google, wow. and we're uh, known by Google as one of their trusted websites. So that's why we come up so often, even though, you know, we're not a, a huge outlet in terms of, uh, uh, you know, we're not printed or anything, but Google really loves us. So that's why we keep showing up first. And, and I got to say, Elliot, I love Google, so I, it works out. Congratulations. You guys do a hell of a job, and I hope this translates into millions of dollars. Um, I'd start with, with less than millions, though. I'd be okay with that. All right. Uh, Canadians <laughs> up on Buffalo one nothing. Uh, players are coming back, and they will be bubbling with extra talent. Uh, hopefully, from the Canadian standpoint, by the end of the weekend, what happens then? I mean, what are we talking about? Who's coming? Who's going? What would you do with the Montreal Canadiens going forward here? Because they're going to have to do something real soon. Yeah, I think that's the end of uh, Jacob De La Rose once we see anyone else healthy, right, yeah, on, on the offensive side. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, that's not to, to insult De La Rose, but obviously he's just not at the level of, of anyone else battling for a job right now. Uh, I, I'd even argue that Michael McCarron would be more efficient right. in the NHL. But anyhow, uh, the interesting part here, Elliot, is when we look at the defense, I think we're going to see exactly who the Montreal Canadiens trust the most here because you essentially have three guys that are fighting for one spot, that number six spot. And uh, Nestorov can play both sides. So I wouldn't be surprised if once all said and done, it's Mark Barbario that finds his way to St. John's. And uh, from there, we'll have 
Greg Pattern as an extra and Nikita Nesterov as someone that can play both sides, which is a huge asset for the Canadians. Well, the trade deadline's coming up, and, and I know, look, rumors are, are always going to be out there, and it doesn't mean uh, that anything's going to come out of it. Uh, me and Elliot have kind of discussed this earlier. Matt Duchesne's a name out there. I personally don't think he'll end up getting moved. He's still got two years. They don't yeah. have to do it now. Uh, but to get a player of his talent, he's still only 26 years old. Do you think it'd be smart for Mark Bergermain to, to maybe let go of an asset like a Sergachev to get somebody like this, or is that against his game plan and, and you think that even though the window in Montreal seems to be now, uh, you would advise against doing something like that? Well, and, and that's the interesting part is we're actually seeing Shane's name floated. So to me, that's a huge red flag when it comes to Marc Bergevin. If we hear a name associated with the Canadians, it's almost easier to strike that player off the list, right? <laughs> sure. But uh, when it comes to where the Canadians are at now, Matt Zuchain is definitely a guy I'd be willing to move Montreal's only blue-chip prospect for, and that's obviously Sergachev. In fact, I don't think Mikhail Sergachev alone would be enough, but he'd be a starting point for a guy like Matt Zuchain. He's 26. Uh, he's proven that he's a legitimate number one center, even though he, he he's on a down year, but he plays for one of the worst teams in the post-expansion era. So he's absolutely a guy I'd be willing to mortgage the future for. Because if you look down the road here, and I don't want to be too cynical, there isn't much of a future. You know, there's one really good prospect in that group, and he's not in the AHL. There's not a ton in the pipeline playing pros right now. So it'll go a long way in showing us whether or not Marc Bergevin is ready to make that move. I get the sense that he is. Now, whether or not you can get a Matt Duchesne for just Sergachev is a whole other question, but I'd be willing to, to look into the possibility. It has to be a guy that's reasonably young. It has to be a guy that's proven, and it has to be a guy uh, that you can control his contract, and that's Matt Duchesne. To, to get a top guy, no question, I, th- I think Sergachev is, is the guy you, uh, they're going to have to part starting. with. But everybody seems to, all Habs fans right now, and again, you can't blame a fan base for this, but the name they want to trade most likely is Nathan Bollier. Yeah. Now, it's not going to get you that. It's not going to get you a Matt Duchesne. There's no question there. Uh, but if if someone were to be traded from the blue line right now, it does look like it would be him. Where Where is his value right now around the league? Because we know he doesn't seem to fit in necessarily with Terry consistently, but he's still got a lot of talent. Well, see, that's the interesting part is it's all about perception, right, when it comes down to younger defenders. I think no matter what, defenders hold a ton of value in this league. But we, as Montreal-focused media, would probably say that uh, he's a lot better than what he's perceived around the league because if we're being realistic here he's never really cracked the top four in a permanent position as he was a bench player even just last year so i don't think there's a ton of established value for nathan Beaulieu. you'd be banking on that potential and he's starting to hit that age where you're you're wondering is he ever going to hit the potential i think he'd be basically a really good add-on to a trade so if you're looking to get a guy like shane you might have to move a sergachev and then let's say a Beaulieu or a first round pick or, or a noah jolson plus someone else but i really don't think he's enough to bring you back anyone of substantial value right now. His value to the Canadians is worth more than what's perceived in the market, in my opinion. All right, so do the deal. Uh, Duchesne is now a Montreal Canadian. They're good enough to beat Washington. They're good enough to beat Pittsburgh. They need more. Where do they stand then? 
I think they need a little help from the uh, schedule fairy in the playoffs, right? That's always the, the key there. And, and, and the number two thing, Elliot, I'd say is, is they need health. Regardless if you pick up a guy like, uh, Shine, which I think makes them into a contender, they need to keep their guys healthy. And that's something they can't control. If you look at the history of cup winners, they're all teams that have stayed incredibly healthy throughout the run. So no matter how much talent you add, you need that luck factor. But I do think they can compete with the Washingtons well, once have, you add a good center like Shane. I, I don't know if they can win, but they can compete. I have trained all of my uh, companions uh, as far as that is concerned. Grant, what is my three-word mantra when every season starts? I was going to mess this up, but it's don't get hurt. That's it. Don't yeah. get hurt. Every training camp... You know, baseball training camp comes soon, and each and every team needs to abide by the three-word mantra. Don't get hurt, because everything goes down the toilet after that. Especially in this day and age, you look at the standings. My God, everybody's separated by two and three points. One guy is your season, and sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the top guy. The Canadians have been amazing in what they have been able to do on a team that's gotten hurt. And you look at some of the teams in the National Hockey League, and they haven't missed a minute. Washington Capitals, it's unbelievable how many man They've games. had no injuries. No, unbelievable. And and the key here, Elliot, is uh, I think getting through those injuries, usually, uh, like, for example, Columbus last year, Martin injuries. And it's not, it shouldn't be that shocking that they're that much better this year. But what happens oftentimes is injuries can sink a pretty good team, like we saw last year with the Canadians. And that often leads to a rebuild, a retool. They, you know, they pull all their core players apart when really it's a luck factor. So I think the Canadians have been kind of blessed in that regards that they haven't blown everything up, gotten rid of Pacioretty, gotten rid of Price just because of a few bad, uh, bad bouts of luck all right i, I don't know who, who started this rangers columbus game five nothing uh, columbus leads right now Lundqvist. it was lundquist yeah. because Ranta's not doing much better and i, I was reading the other day uh, nhl uh, goaltenders of the past have uh, given their opinion on what the problem is with lundquist any idea is he just getting old or he's in a slump or because this is now a bad season they're not going anywhere without a goaltender yeah, well, I, I think the, the reality is he's no longer in his prime, right, Elliot? But uh, if you look at New York's defensive pairings, they're struggling as well. So I, I think it's a little bit of both there. And that's a, a warning to the Montreal Canadiens with Carey Price. I think if you let your star goalie go uh, too, too long without insulating him with good players and you continuously rely on him to win you games, it probably won't lead to success so it might be a glimpse into a darker future if they don't uh, make a, a run for it anytime soon you know what we rely on what's that we rely on you oh god so that That's... when you join us <laughs> the canadians score and they just and have they just score. i swear max pacioretty must have like 15 of his 23 goals while you've been on the air <laughs> you, you you can't even think pacioretty's a good player because you've missed all of his goals this year yeah, that's a, the sad part here. Is I, I, I don't know here. We're going to have to maybe delay them because I keep missing highlights. But fortunately, Elliot, I watch every game twice and most go. most of the times thrice. So uh, I catch all these goals plenty. Yeah, I just saw that perfect snipe from Max Pacioretty. What is that? His 23rd goal of the year? Yeah, 22 and 23 tonight. Geez, not bad for a guy that uh, was almost ran out of town earlier right. this year. Right? Worst captain in Habs history. Yeah, absolutely. I guess he's not too bad. I, I guess the Canadians should keep him. Mark Dumont, always a pleasure. I can't tell you uh, how much it means to us uh, to have you on the air each and every week. You do a terrific job. Thank you. 
Cheers, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Have a good night. Mark Dumont. Oh, they almost scored again. No, he's not on anymore. Bad, bad. No, because he, he hung up. The other they would have scored. I know. What a chance they had. Another minute there, and it would they, they'd be 3 nothing. It's also you know, like Pacioretty's on the bench and all and everything. Uh, what do we got? 11-17 to go. 11-18. Uh, they couldn't tick off one more second. I was getting ahead of myself, and there's a, was it a high, is it a penalty or it's uh, no, right. just a high stick. So 11-18 to go in the second period. And Max Pacioretty off a beautiful feed. The one knee the guy pass. Is so good. You know, Do you remember? That's exactly the pass that he made. I remember that to Lekkinen that got him going in the preseason. That put Lekkinen on the doorstep all alone when he wasn't scoring. Everyone was going, "Oh, this guy has to score." Oh, he's been playing very well. He's been getting chances, but he, he, he's not scoring. If he doesn't score, they don't need him on this team. What a town this is! You're all crazy. Just saying, a bunch of goofballs. All right, so, so the Canadians uh, leading the Buffalo Sabres 2 to nothing. That's what's going on there. Uh, still to come tonight, we'll talk basketball with Dwight Walton. What's wrong with the Raptors? Didn't we have that conversation last week? Six out of seven, though. Six out of seven. Yeah, six out of seven. Lost, well, that's they, rough. They lost five in a row, right? Didn't they lose five in a row? They won one, lost one. All right, we okay over there? Okay. Uh, also, uh, tonight, uh, that conversation that we told you about with the greatest players of all time, and uh, we'll talk to Scott Morrison. One of our greatest guests of all time. That's coming up next. Send us all your money. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher, and we'll send you a free subscription for Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Absolutely free. Welcome to the alleged show. Hi, Elliot Price. This is going to be a shame. Sportsnet tonight with Elliot Price. That's baloney. Sports hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, wake the kids, phone the neighbors. You don't scare me. I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. Price. You want to touch my monkey? We oui, papa. Yes. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? The sportos, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Yeah. Good luck, showboy. Hey, welcome back. The Canadians now leading 3 nothing. As uh, well, that was an egregious giveaway, and Andrew Ghetto uh, turned it into a goal. Davide Arnais is back, and he scored. And the Canadians uh, lead the Buffalo Sabres by a score of three nothing. Anybody else get an assist there? I don't think so. That was a giveaway from, from the uh, almost from the goal line in the corner, right boards, right along the boards onto the stick of Andrew Ghetto. And I don't know if uh, someone else touched it before it got to um, Davide Arnais. But uh, he scores in his return, and not much uh, going on here for the Buffalo Sabres. The Canadians have been coming at him all night. And they lead this one 3 to nothing with eight minutes or so left in the second period. Uh, time now for the executive producer of uh, Hockey Night in Canada for Sportsnet, Roger Sportsnet. Joins us every Tuesday night, Scott Morrison. How are you, Scott? I'm doing well, boys. How are you? I'm doing, doing well. Um, we really uh, enjoyed different portions of, of the weekend. I, I don't know what it was for you, you know, being around a, a certain age group. I would imagine there were some players in, in the in the top hundred that you you just went, you know, not, not that they that they were in the top hundred, but they were there and then you got to see them and they were alive and it was it was great. 
Yeah, there's no question. I, I think the whole weekend, I don't want to say peaked, but it sure uh, it sure took off in a strong way on Friday night with that, uh, you know, the introduction of those those players. And, uh, you know, it started on uh, with the outdoor game in Toronto on January 1st. And then uh, and that was special enough with some of the relatives and a few living players. But then uh, to have that group on the ice the other night or uh, in the studio and then on the ice on, on Sunday afternoon for that ceremonial face-off was really quite remarkable. So it was, you know, kudos to the NHL. They, it was a special moment and they, and they pulled it off and, uh, just fabulous and a, a flood of memories, I think, for hockey fans of all ages when you see the various, uh, the players from the different eras. And, and what I really like about what they did is it didn't get into the game of trying to rank them. I mean, that's something people can do on their own and have their fun with it, but there's no win for the NHL to do it. And to acknowledge them by era, I think was a really neat thing to do and a very appropriate thing to do. I saw somebody uh, tweet on, on the weekend, uh, the greatest players of all time are the ones you watched when you were 12 years old. So, I'm, you know, everybody's going to have different guys. There's always going to be complaints. This guy, that guy, and there's legitimate and there's not. And it really, you know, in the end, there's only room for 100. And you ask a lot of people, and they gave you their opinions. Who was it for you? Who are you? You're, you're a 12-year-old again, and he's on the ice, and you're thinking, wow, who was it? Well, there was a variety of people. The first thing I just want to say about that list of 100 is when you – I think the number that was thrown out that there's like 267 players in the Hall of Fame, and so a huge number didn't make it onto that list. So that tells you just how deep the pool is, and then how difficult it uh, it is to get there. Um, You know, my heroes as a kid growing up as as a goalie, I love Jacques Plante, I love Johnny Bauer, and then you know giving way to a Bernie Perrant, that type of thing. So always been my kind of heroes right there so uh you know and then you just uh, having had the you know the pleasure of covering this game for almost 40 years that uh, you've covered some of the greats along the way and seen the the passing of that baton so you know those canadians teams of the the 70s how many players were represented from that we were talking to scotty bowman the other day and i think we found that he had from NHL ties, I think it was 28 of the top 100. And then when you factor in Canada Cups and other tournaments and whatnot, uh, 44 that would have uh, uh, fallen under his coaching over the years, which is absolutely astounding when you think of those numbers. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's a great line that um, everybody has their own memory and their own favorite player. But uh, And you can debate who was on the list, but I would submit this, that uh, there was no bad names on that list. <laughs> it's funny you say uh, great Canadians are from the 1970s, and I'm thinking, especially that uh, the 1971 Stanley Cup, and the Canadians had all kinds of... Uh, Hall of Famers on that team, and yet they were underdogs to both Chicago and Boston. There were great players playing in the National Hockey League. Yeah, no question. And uh, you know, the rookie goalie comes in in '71, uh, and yep. we all know that story. And then, uh, you know, obviously Chicago, their great disappointment of uh, of coming up a win short. But uh, yeah, you think of those Canadian teams, and uh, later on, and you know, what was it, the eight loss season, and and all the rest of it, just a phenomenal amount of talent. And it was sort of a, a before and after picture in many ways when you think of the those early 70s teams because you still had the pocket rocket and, and uh, Bellevue with his last cup and, and guys like that. And then 
sort of turning the page to the uh, the next generation, the Guy Lafleur's and company, and the Mayors and Schutz and Robinsons and Savards and Drydens. So uh, a pretty amazing time, to say the least. Trade deadline's coming up in a month. Again, I'm not asking you to confirm any rumors, anything like that. Just looking at a situation here. Tampa Bay's guaranteed to lose Ben Bishop at the end of this series. He's an unrestricted free agent. They have Vasilevsky signed, so even if they signed him before that, I would lose one of the two in the expansion draft. They're six points out of the playoffs. And then you have a team like the Dallas Stars who have, right now, they're two points out. Uh, sorry, three points out, two games in hand. They're up 2 nothing on the Leafs. So they're right there for one of the wild card spots but have no goaltending. you, you got to think these two teams, or, or any team right now looking for goaltending, uh, is calling about Ben Bishop. And do you see any chance that Ben Bishop is still on the Lightning after the trade deadline? Well, it's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, I guess the common sense answer would be that, you know, you don't want to do what... Uh, what the Islanders did with a couple of players last summer, Oposo and, and Nielsen, and, and, and lose them for nothing and not have anything on your roster. Um, but having said that, you also have to be confident that if you do move them, that you, you know, the goaltender um, can take you to the playoffs because that's still ultimately the goal. And I guess a big part of it will be determined in the next week or two because, you know, if Tampa doesn't get going and get off the schneid, they're going to be outside looking in. You know, ton of injuries. We know all that, and then some devastating ones in terms of the the caliber of player that they've been without. But uh, they got to start winning games, and if they're on the outside, then maybe that makes it easier to make that Bishop deal uh, and get something back in return. You heard, you know, Shat and Kirk rumors too as a possible exchange in that direction. Um, so there would be options. But if they're in the hunt, and he's the guy that's getting them in the hunt and possibly getting them there. Uh, because we all know their expectations are to, to go deep in the spring. Um, they may not have any choice but to, to keep them and then maybe move them for a, you know, to a team, a preferred team before July 1st and, and, and get a draft pick for them. When do the New York Rangers start panicking when it comes to their goaltender? It was supposed to be a strength. It has wow. not been. And again tonight, uh, not so good for King Henrik. No, it's been uh, happening with too much frequency. There's no question about that. And uh, you really have to wonder, especially coming off, you know, coming out of a break, there's no rust there, but you would think they would be a little bit more re-energized, given a few days off and a chance to charge the batteries and all of that. So uh, there has to be some concern. There's no question about it. And having said that, make a deal. I don't know that you panic on him. I, I think you, you try to ride him through it and, and, and see if he can't find his game over the stretch. You're still in a pretty comfortable spot with respect to the playoffs. But, uh, uh, yeah, you can imagine there will be a few sleepless nights in that organization. There's no question. Scott Morrison, we thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Have a great night. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Take All care. Right. Scott Morrison from Sportsnet. Always good. Always good. Yeah. It's weird. It's just weird. What's, uh, you know, when, when these things happen. Is there a resurgence left in, in Henrik Lundqvist? Or is this it? I mean, it, and it sometimes it happens like that. All of a sudden, you don't have a fastball. You know? I'm not ready to go there. I think it's, look, it's the first game after All-Star break. It's you not know? just the first game after all. I mean, this didn't start tonight. No, I know, but he, he kind of bounced back a little bit before. He, he played, that game against the Kings that we watched, it, he was majestic. Yeah. Sometimes that's the last hurrah. 
No, you're you're right. I mean, the answer will. The question will answer itself soon, but uh, I still think he, he's right there. Look, we saw Price struggle. I know he's younger. Uh, it's a little different, but Lundqvist is still a good goalie. Just is he still Henrik Lundqvist? That's the question, right? Now, that, I think, is a legitimate uh, concern. All right. Uh, are the Raptors the Raptors? What are we watching here? Six losses in seven games. Dwight Walton knows. Our basketball insider is coming up after Grant's update. You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price. an unlicensed doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake Doctor's Orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on demand. to be top five all time rb uh dwight walton how are you uh, good night elliot how you doing this evening i'm okay i'm okay oj's yes sir backstabbers i i think there's uh what's said there's a group of the undisputed truth what what, what sometimes hold on wait um, are we serious I, this group I, is the oj's I don't remember. <laughs> and the that? song is backstabbers by the oj's this isn't a joke you no, want this is the oj's this is backstabbers by the oj's yeah why nobody that, sees that, the is, irony that, that that is the song Grant. Yes, it is. That? wow i can't believe i thought elliot was making a joke why no <laughs> oj simpson what's he famous for oh yeah, yeah i'm yeah. just this, saying this i thought is, you were joking this is, this is before oj <laughs> wow i can't believe that yeah, this, right. was, this was huge <laughs> actually uh when this when this song came out the juice was still burning it up with the Buffalo the Bills. Yeah, yeah that's right. Man, all right. That's a way to start a segment. Sorry, guys. That's my bad. That's not... How you doing, big man? I'm okay, man. I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, just enjoying this uh, cold weather here in Montreal. Uh, we had some nice weather for the last two weeks, but uh, I think it's pretty much back to normal for this time of the year. But uh, I'm enjoying it nonetheless. All right. You must be enjoying the uh, LeBron James, uh, Charles Barkley uh, we kicked off the show a little bit uh, with, with that today, um, and and I tell you what, uh, you know, I mean Charles Barkley calling out uh, everything. I thought pretty much everything he said was was okay, except that he called him someone who didn't want to compete, and that didn't add up with the rest of what he was saying. The last thing LeBron James is is someone who doesn't want to compete. I think that Charles just got mixed up a little bit. Well, here's the thing, uh, and for anybody out there who's listening, if you're familiar with the word, with the, with the movie Hancock, uh, starring Will Smith and uh, uh, Charlize Theron, uh, they get ticked off when they hear particular words. And I, I think LeBron James, the word for him 
is, or the term for him is, is competitive spirit. And for a guy that's gone to the NBA Finals uh, seven times, six years in a row, granted he is three and four in terms of record in the NBA Finals, the dude is still the ultimate winner. Um, you don't get to the finals uh, seven times in your career if you don't win. And you don't get to the finals seven times in your career if you're not competitive. He can put up with, with being termed uh, deemed as whiny and, and all the other stuff. But when you tell a professional athlete, a guy who's worked hard his entire life, and you call him non-competitive, that's what set him off. That's where all this frustration came out. Did he handle it poorly? Yes, he did. Um, was Charles Barkley correct in most of the stuff that he said about him last week? Yeah, because, you know, LeBron went about it the wrong way, asking for, for players through the media. Maybe he did initially, you know, in private. Maybe he felt that they weren't uh, showing any sense of urgency in trying to improve the roster. So he felt that as uh, the face of the franchise that he could do what he wants and he went through the media it was wrong i believe what lebron said about charles barkley was wrong he went about it the wrong way you know if you if you want to know all this stuff about charles barkley it's all there on the internet for you to see but uh, he is frustrated listen elliot there's seven and eight in january he sees the juggernaut the juggernaut out in oakland known as the golden state warriors he's worried about them but it is january they went through these issues last year they'll be in the finals once again in my opinion, barring injury, and let the chips fall where they may in June. But is he frustrated right now? Absolutely. Like you said, they're gonna they're gonna be all right. Everybody but Boston right now in the East is struggling. Anyways, the Raptors uh, lost ground. But but when you look at the Cavs, he wants a trade to happen. Is there a move out there right now that you see fixing them? Because Kevin loves hurt. I mean, I don't see that happening. Or do you think it's just going to be the same roster we saw last year? Just start clicking again, and, and then they'll be all right. It's pretty much going to be the same roster. You really can't, you can't justify making a, let's say, hypothetically, you can't justify a Carmelo Anthony for Kevin Love trade. Uh, I don't believe it would work. Just in terms of fit, you already have two ball dominant players in Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. You can't bring in a third guy who loves to isolate the basketball. It's just going to slow down your team offensively. I'm not sure if bringing him in, although Kevin Love is not known for his defensive prowess either, he has gotten much better during his tenure in Cleveland, which is not going to get better with Carmelo Anthony on the defensive side of the basketball. Kevin Love giving you a double-double, scoring over 20 points and grabbing 11 rebounds per game. Carmelo's not going to give you the rebounding prowess that Love does. So I don't think that trade, plus he's also five years older, I believe. He's on the back end of his career. I can't see that move being made. Uh, you, you can't trade any of the core guys, obviously. And the, the, the one player that everybody seems to forget that the Cavs don't have on their roster right now is J.R. Smith. And I believe that that's because of the reputation he had prior to coming to Cleveland as being an aloof star in the NBA. But he's proven his worth. And I believe all things will settle down when he comes back. Now, the question is, when does he come back? I'm not so certain of it. It's going to take time for him to get back into game shape, game condition, game rhythm. But once he does, I think he'll settle down, settle the starting five. He's one of the best on-ball defenders at the two-guard position in the NBA. So once he comes back, I believe that will be the acquisition that we're talking about when it comes to the Cavs. Are they going to try and find another a backup point guard 
or another playmaker. They'll find somebody. It may not be a sexy pickup, but David Griffin and that staff will do their due diligence, find who they think will help, and they'll make the move when necessary. But right now, the Cavs are going through a funk. They had an awful January. They were 7-8. and eight. February couldn't come faster for them. And I believe, as we've seen in the past, any LeBron James team that goes through adversity, they seem to thrive in it. So it's January. They're more concerned about April, May, and June. They'll be fine when it comes to those months and for the finals. All right, uh, Toronto Raptors, again, here we go. They're going to overtime against a team uh, that's 6-15 and 15 on the road. I know DeMar DeRozan is out. We heard from your buddy Leo Routens the other day talking about uh, the problems up front. Look, you know, you need more. I mean, uh, Patterson, 7 points tonight. Carroll, 8 points tonight. You just need more up front. Valanciunas is having a good game. But on most nights, uh, the front line just not getting it done. And I don't know how they're going to get it done uh, unless... They're either replaced or pick it up. Elliot, you and I have been speaking about this for (laughs) the past three or four years now. We all know what the Raptors need. Uh, Leo and I talk a lot, as as you know as well. And we all know the issues. The Raptors need a power forward. There's Paul Millsap out there. There's Sergi Baca out there. They need somebody who is willing to be a third wheel and to compete on the defensive end and can contribute on both backboards. Jonas Valanciunas is a stud as far as I'm concerned on the interior. He should be used even more than he is. But I, I do understand that the Raptors have a certain style of play that they want to, that they want to achieve and that Dwayne Casey has a certain style that he wants to coach as well. So I get that. But you can't tell me that if they improve at the power four position that the Raptors at the very least would give themselves an even more competitive chance in a playoff series. Now, we all have come to the, to the conclusion that it will take a miracle and a major injury for the Raptors to beat the Cavaliers in a seven-game series because we have to understand, for as much as the Cavs feel that they're competing against the Warriors out west, the Raptors are competing against the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference. Of course, the Celtics are going to have something to say about that going forward here as well. But the Raptors have to improve the roster. At least Masai Ujiri has to give the impression to the fan base of the Raptors that they're at least trying to improve themselves to give them an even better shot at trying to beat the Cavaliers in a series. So they have to go out and find that player, and they also have to not fall in love with the young core that they have. If it's going to take giving up several of those players, a draft pick, to get that type of move done, you got to do what's necessary. So a sense of urgency, make the move, show the fan base that you're trying to improve, and let the chips fall where they may. You're not always going to hit a home run when you make a deal. But the Raptors definitely know that they have to make a deal if they want to improve their playoff chances. And when you look at the Boston Celtics right now, I know that they're the team that's on fire. I've heard Carmelo Anthony, there's rumors that he said he would only wave maybe for Boston. Now, again, that's a report. Uh, I know he said he doesn't even know if he will. He likes his family being there. What does your gut tell you about Carmelo Anthony? Does he stay in New York? Is there somewhere you see him being a fit? Unless the piece is fit, unless the GMs of either the Clippers, the Cavs, or whomever want to acquire uh, Carmelo Anthony, um, it's going to have to work. It's going to have to mean something for the team acquiring Carmelo Anthony. We do have to understand that the guy is a, is a fantastic scorer. He is a volume shooter. So we know what we're going to be getting in terms of Carmelo Anthony. 
the pieces that come back, the Knicks pretty much are willing to give give Carmelo Anthony away at this point, and there haven't been any takers. So that should tell you how some of these teams do feel about Carmelo Anthony. My my gut tells me that he stays with the Knicks for the remainder of the season, but he will be gone during the summer. Who that team will be, that remains to be seen, obviously. But I firmly believe that Carmelo Anthony finishes the year with the New York Knicks and that there'll be a major move in terms of him going someplace else this summer. What'd you make of Steven Jackson? Obviously, basketball was a whole lot different once upon a time. Not only that, but I mean, uh, to have to have a coach that actually knew what was going on at the time. Steven Jackson says he used to smoke weed before games. I would imagine he wasn't he wasn't the only one. And then they were excited because when they were tested back then, there was a last testing date, which means after that, no one could test them for the rest of the season. And then you have Don Nelson high-fiving yeah. the guys on the bus, and, he, <laughs> and he's out there smoking the weed with them on the bus ride as well. And I, listen, although Don Nelson is known to be, you know, a pretty cool cool guy, player's coach, like to have fun as a player and as a coach in the NBA, but I'm sure he wasn't too happy with his name uh, being associated uh, with this story. But, hey, it, it is what it is. Steven Jackson, i got to give him credit. He's on ESPN's NBA The Jump. Every day, he's turned himself into a pretty good analyst in terms of basketball. He's well respected uh, in that field, but uh, still, uh, to be that forthright, of course, you can say it now because he knows his, he knows his basketball career is over. But uh, hey, he's, he's doing he's doing pretty well for himself, and uh, it's a story that um, that's out there. And I, I know he's he's not too concerned with what uh, with what um, people out there think about him, which is why he told the story. So it is funny, but uh, I think something that should have been kept in house as well. <laughs> Always great talking to you, big man. Thanks again. I appreciate it. You guys have a great night. Always have a great night when you get to talk to Dwight Walton. So there you go. There's uh, there's the basketball stuff for you. Uh, it, it I don't know that it can get better. It can stay as almost as good. Now we played just some of the Briz last night, right? Oh, I'm excited. We thought we had this math thing all figured out. We were actually kind of smirking at Alex Ovechkin because he was asked in the Brizgalov interview for the Players Tribune. How much is 2 plus 2 times 2? And the answer was 6. And we weren't good with that. Uh, We may have been wrong. I'm just saying. More with the Briz coming up next. Seems like when you're at a game and sign up for a credit card just to get the prize and then you immediately cancel the credit card. Because there's no prize when you sign up for our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand.
The Undisputed Truth. I swear those songs came out around the same time. Uh, Undisputed Truth, Smiling Faces, 1971, and uh, the OJ's uh, Backstabbers. So, there you go. Great stuff. I right, uh, wanted to bring you uh, the rest of what we didn't hear yesterday, right? We heard Brzgalov, but only with uh, Alexander Ovechkin. So here's... <laughs> <laughs> really? I, I laughed yesterday, I laughed today. Here's the rest of his all-star interview. Uh, he's putting in some work for the Players' Tribune. People love him, and this is why. I'm here, Ilya Brzgalov with the Ryan Suter, with the Players' Tribune. He's uh, one of the, my best pals, best friends, you know. I'm Good glad to see you. Good to see you. Congratulations. And, you know, let's keep all these boring questions with the hockey. Yeah. You know, like, Who let's talk. talk about that? <laughs> yeah. I remember... When we play together, we have so many discussions about the politics, you know, yeah. like, uh, who is your favorite president? Uh, favorite president? Probably George W. Bush. He always tried to pursue the best interest of the United States. Did you see the uh, Will Ferrell did the parody for the George W. Bush? No, I, I haven't seen that. It's just hilarious. I like, I watched a couple times. I can't stop. There was a few couple series, and he actually tried to get being reelected for the third time. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch it for sure. Chris, <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? I'm here for the, with the. Players Tribune guys, and I have a couple couple questions to <laughs> throw for you. In math, we got some two plus two and multiply by two. What's going to be the answer? Eight. Eight. Okay. Eight. Eight. Yeah, guys, there is no more questions. Thank you very much. That's been your best players of the Anaheim this year. Thank you. <laughs> Six. No, it's not. Yes. Two, two plus two, plus two is four. Multiplied, multiplied by two, two is yeah, eight. Yeah, by the rules saying you make the multiplication first. It's in the math. What do you see? My original favorite player was Sergei Fedorov. So you're eight. doing a multiplication by it's two eight. and What's add it? the Brez, two. Brez, you're out in left field right now, bro. Hurt your feelings. Have fun, guys. Wait, you just said in the hallway, I'm your favorite friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Come on, man. Yeah, I know you, Sergey. Very smart and bright. 
person. And I have a one more question uh, because with my colleagues, you see how many of them below here, you know, we dispute about the math problem, you know, like two plus two and multiply by two answer gonna be? <laughs> It's gonna be six. Thank you. There's no more question. Two plus two multiplied by two. Answer is gonna be? Two plus two and multiply by two. Two plus two is four and multiply by two is eight. Eight? Two plus two is four times two is eight. Okay. Thank you. It's been Wayne Siemens. No more questions. I hope that's right. How okay. many people have gotten that right? You know, all Russians answered the right, and all North no, America. No, th this is my this is my witnesses. Yeah, because they force us to not use the calculator calculators in school. I'm, I know, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Know? And also, we can't afford it. <laughs> You're a beauty. <laughs> you know, Jeff Gordon, savior of the universe. I'm a savior of the Ilya Brzgalov, savior of the All Star Game, rescue of the All Star Game. That was masterful. Okay. For TV producers, I'm gonna be in the hallway waiting for the contract. It's not the last time we're going to hear from Ilya Brizgalov. I hope he's not. He's a star rising, isn't he? Every time he's said something, yeah. <clears throat> you know what he is? He's the Marshawn Lynch of the NHL. Uh, he's got a one. Lynch's was... He, uh, Brizgalov was already funny. No, but what I mean is everything they do, yeah. every time they do something, people seem to love it. For whatever reason it is, you know, but Brizgalov, I mean, it's pretty obvious. The guy's... Wait till Briz, uh, Briz meets Beast. <clears throat> Now that would be a show. Wouldn't you watch that? <laughs> An hour-long show, Briz and Beast no, touring around the world. but I would let you watch it, and I would have supreme confidence if you told me it was funny, I would watch. See, I respect that. That's... Another hat trick? Is that uh, is that uh, Pacioretty again? Judging from the the oh midi he goodness. got rubbed well, in his face. Let's have a look now, at the yes. ice. Where I don't see anyone with hats on, but I don't see any hats on the ice. What's the matter with Montreal? That's embarrassing. If they don't, they better. I know, and I know that uh, you know Wilder Weird. You, you've you've probably seen the pictures. They did it again, right? They sat next to the Sabers bench with the Sabers uh, uniform and the and the uh, the helmet on, right? They should throw their lids. Oh, it's this guy is unbelievable. That was uh, Pacioretty gets the rebound, but Radulov is just a possession machine on that goal. Outstanding. All right, uh, coming up with an update. Grant will tell you all about it. Hat trick for Pacioretty. What's he got? 23, 23, 24. I don't think so. I think Pacioretty was 24th in his third. Okay, There's there a go. hat. There you go. There's a hat. Okay, you Somebody happy now? Somebody threw one. Somebody threw a hat. Montreal, come on! 
Right, so he may be having a good night. Oh, there's more hats. You see, no, no, no look at now they're hats. Stop it, Grant. Throw we'll just a start wig. there. You said it. <laughs> I don't know what's the matter with you. All right, uh, all we have coming up next is Bobby Orr, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, and Mark Messier. Oh, uh, uh, but first, Grant, <laughs> the real Hall of Famer. There you go. Time now for a Sportsnet Tonight sports update. Here's Grant Robinson. Habs facing the Sabres tonight. Jeff Petrie's out with the flu, and I think he's the only sad person in Montreal tonight that he's missing this. 5 nothing Canadians right it. now. He's, you know. Nah, he's missing it. He could have been uh, plus two tonight easily. Easily. Tell me that Bedrosian was on the ice again. I will give you one He was guess. minus four after four. He is four. minus oh five. God. Zach Bogosian. Just absolute oh, stud Bogosian. tonight. You yeah. Said, yeah. No, I said Bogosian. Yeah. You said it. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> moving on. F- five. Max Pacioretty. Five for five. That's pretty good. Same number of goals this year as the Habs have Stanley Cups after this season. 24. So that's uh, that's good. That's what you're going with. <laughs> Radulov, three assists. Uh, again, these two tonight have been all over the ice. David Daronet back in action. He scores. Markov's back in the lineup. He's got an assist. Crazy. Uh, and Price has made all 21. Uh, he's made 21 saves on 21 shots. So he's still perfect. You cannot ask for a better start uh, out of the All-Star break for the Montreal Canadiens. Elsewhere in the NHL, Carolina, Philadelphia, 5-1 Hurricanes. Sebastian Ajo. Three goals and an assist, so he's got a hat-trick as well. 5-1 Canes, only seven shots for Philadelphia, uh, so that's pretty weak there. Washington, New York Islanders, it's 3-2 Islanders final. Grubauer was in Nets, Holtby got the night off. Maybe wasn't such a great decision there. Columbus, New York Rangers. Uh, Rangers making a comeback, but it's 6-3 Columbus. Some comeback. Uh, Seth, well, it was six. It was way worse. So you never know. We've seen this happen. Uh, but Seth Jones, two goals there. Nashville losing to the Penguins 4-2. New Jersey's up 3-1 on Detroit. Boston leads 2-1 over Tampa Bay. Ottawa and Florida tied at four. Everybody's scoring in that game. Dallas putting a beating on the Leafs right now, 5-1 after one. That's not nice. And the Jets up 3-1 against St. Louis. Shifley and Line each scored their 23rd. And Ellers, the third part of that uh, amazing trio, he's got his 18th. Uh, That's where the NHL scores go. And the Raptors lost six of their last seven. They are in overtime. They are up 108-106 with four seconds left. Kyle uh, just had a shot to give himself 33 points and 10 assists. So, barring a made shot by New Orleans, the Raptors will end this funk and at least get a W without Holy DeMar DeRozan geez. there. 28 teams are playing in the NHL. We better save some time at the end of this for the NHL fantasy update. You want a fantasy update? I got Bobby Orr, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, and Mark Messier. What you got? That's next. Subscribe to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. No medical exam or health questions will be asked. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Ding, ding, ding. Maybe you really react as a pro. There comes a time in every friendship when you have to say, You're the skid mark on the underpants of society. Why don't you just call it Operation Ask? I never liked you. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. We all felt the same thing. Christ. We weathered a storm. Then I have to regroup. You need some break, something like that. You're tuned in to Sportsnet Tonight with your host, Elliot Price, exclusively on 1280 AM. Bing, bing, bing. Montreal. 
Bobby, remember your first All-Star game, the snowstorm in Toronto, and any of the details of the game? Uh, those were the days when the NHL uh, champion played the rest of the league, and it wasn't in 1967 after Toronto was in the last So I remember well uh, in the game. Um, I don't remember the player, but a player came down on my shoulder, and I was a little bit sore, not bad, and about three hours after the game, I, I couldn't lift my shoulder, and I went back and I had a dislocated shoulder. You remember your first one, Mario, with uh, Kirk Muller and uh, Anders Hedberg? That was your line mate. Yeah. yeah. So 1985, you were MVP. Your yeah, first MVP scored uh, a goal and two assists or something like that. But, Is that uh, all? You yeah, that's it, yeah. In those days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had a few better ones than that. But, uh, yeah, I, I do. I mean, uh, you're 19 years old, and, you know, you play against uh, these guys, and, and uh, Mike Bossy, Gretz, has all these guys, guys that I looked up to growing up, and, and uh, it was a special, special night, and, and especially to win the MVP was, was a great night. I was talking to uh, Scott Stevens, and he went to that game at Joe Louis Arena, Wayne, in 1980, your first NHL All-Star game, and I'll let you tell your own story, but he went to see Craig Hartsburg. That was his hero, and uh, Craig ended up with a winning goal in that game, but you've got a better story about oh. Well, listen, first of all, it was so amazing because that was Gordy's coming back party to Detroit. So the place went crazy and everything was so well-deserved. But Scotty Bowman, he wanted to win every game. And it was an all-star game, right? And I was an 18-year-old kid, scared to death. And he played me every single shift against Real Cloutier, Guy Lafleur. <laughs> no, no, I'm not kidding. Real Cloutier, Guy Lafleur. And we never touched the puck and my dad after the game handed me a puck and he said I said what's that he goes well you didn't touch it all night I figured you made me feel what a puck feels like <laughs> that was my was first Perot Perot yeah Gilbert Perot Gluche yeah. I'm like oh my god the game was on the other day that's why yeah. and then I was so mad because Gordy was 50 I think he had two assists <laughs> I'm like jeez come on so but it was a, it was actually it was a really great day and uh, it was uh, something I always remember and Mark your first was Landover Maryland I don't know if you remember the feeling of going in and uh, trying to think how will I compare to the best players but I'd love you to answer that and then kind of morph it into today's NHL and how veteran players always showed the way to the young guys and it's tough now in the new NHL because there's a lot of you know the big money guy it might be a young guy and then you have to round out your roster with kids so who's showing the way yeah uh, you know third year in the league and uh, became an all-star that was a thrilling moment I remember just uh, the family and myself what it, uh, what it felt like to, to be named an all-star back then the, the players really got together a lot and and uh, had a good time so it was an amazing experience there and, and to your point about the leadership uh, we did uh, uh, that was the way it was uh, when we broke into the league uh, you know you really watched the, the veteran players and you watch how they acted around the rink and how they prepared for the game and how they got dressed and everything I mean it was these are the guys that you looked up to and that were idols and uh, and a little bit of that is uh, dissipating now uh, with the leadership in the league uh, from my perspective uh, and it's something that we really need to pay attention to for these young guys coming into the league that they're making sure that they're surrounded with great leaders and great leadership uh, you don't have to wear a C or, or in my mind you don't have to wear a C or, or, or be an older guy uh, you lead by these guys are great leaders uh, by what they did on the ice and how they handle themselves off the ice. I mean, that's that's what a good leader is. And, and I think if, the way you handle yourselves, the kids are watching that, and that's that's how you influence them. And, and if you don't have those guys around the team uh, that are 
playing at their level on the ice and handling themselves off the ice, then the team's going to have, have, have an issue. How do you feel about that, you two? Because I know everybody says you had God-given talent. And you say Wally-given talent, Wayne. You had a lovely <laughs> line about that. But can I... Can you, I I'm sorry to interrupt. I but, love it. You, know, they, this, you played for Don. They, you learned they, something. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you say God-given talent. Yeah, they... They played a game that they love. They have a love and a passion for this game that is unbelievable. And uh, they worked hard every night. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, they didn't play bad games. They always did something. But, you know, yeah, they were talented. They worked at it. <laughs> they worked their tails off. Glenn Saylor used to say, you know, he'd have us two in. He'd say, if you two guys follow the system and play within the system, yeah. it's easy for me to get everybody else. Yeah, I think it starts yeah. with your stars. Yeah. And if the stars are doing it, then the rest of the team does, doesn't have a choice. And I don't think I could have played for Glenn. He had a system. You would have liked it because our system was seven. We pick it up and carry it in the power play. We change that to four. <laughs> you take it in. A great story about seven, my father. Father called me one night and he said, Did you see Edmonton play last night? I said, No, I didn't see Edmonton play last night. He said, Oh, he says, I watched that coffee. Can he skate? Yeah. He's a better skater than you. <laughs> one of my favorite moments was watching Wayne watch Mario and Iserman lead the team in Salt Lake City. Because Wayne always said, Mark Nagano, if only we'd had Mark. You know, right? Well, I'll let you say, yeah. Wayne. That's- well, yeah, it was a big mistake because of his leadership qualities and fact that he played under pressure so well and he uh, took a lot of pressure off players and focus away from them inadvertently because he just loved to win so it was a big thing and then night in 02 in, in Nagano I was so thrilled with our leadership with Mario and Iserman and Sakic it, it was just really special a special group and so it was fun to be part of it and watch those guys and uh, watch them excel and actually take on that responsibility he deflected all the pressure off everybody else because the focus was on him and Iserman and that's what leaders do they take that responsibility and make it a little bit easier for the rest of the team that goal that Korea goal you're down one nothing gold medal game Mario and uh, Chris Pronger feeds you wide open in the slot yeah. and you let it go I mean, amazing wasn't it yeah, I know. <laughs> even I was like whoa that's pretty good Actually, I just missed the puck <laughs> tell anybody that uh, no, I, I saw uh, Korea going to the net and uh, figured it was just the right speed just to let it go and the and, uh, defenseman was on the wrong side of the puck and figured I'd try it it worked right, yeah, and, and he's a very lucky player yeah, yeah. very very lucky yeah. player what, 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 <laughs> favorite parts of the of the tournament was Iserman had a bad knee and yeah. went on to miss the next six weeks. But I'd go down to the locker room before the game and have a coffee and wish the guys good luck. And the trainer was working on Stevie Y. And I said, uh, hey, good luck tonight. And I kind of walked out of the room. And the trainer came running down the hallway. And he goes, Wayne, Wayne, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, what's up? He goes, Stevie's got a really bad knee. Oh, yeah. He goes, you know, if this was game seven, I wouldn't let him play in the game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. And I said, geez, well, thank goodness it's only gold medal game. Good luck. You <laughs> <laughs> played on one knee and that was it. They played well. Yeah, they played really well. You all played with such pain. Uh, Bobby got hurt uh, really a little bit in training camp, Grapes tells me. But the third game of his NHL career, Marcel Pronovo took out his knee and that led to 12 surgeries over the eight years. In your case, Wayne, uh, Joel Otto mm-hmm. tore your ribs apart. Uh, yeah. in, people don't know that. In the 93 yeah. run that you played, Vancouver, Calgary, yeah. Toronto, Montreal, on the road. You know, you lose a face-off and you turn and you kind of just went like this, which happens all the time. And he got me in the rib and cracked my rib. So before the 
gates, the doctor would come in and he put a needle in my leg and freeze me. And every now and then I said, make sure that freezing goes this way. <laughs> not, not down to my toes. And so I was fine during the game. It was after the game that you, know, you could feel it. But, you know, that's part of playing hockey. 91, uh, you missed the first game of the final. I mean, your dream, you've got a great team. Yeah. Seven years into your career, this is the chance and you yeah. can't even play. Yeah, had to be pretty bad. Uh, I was tying my skates just before the game and locked up and I couldn't wow. bend back up. So I uh, missed that game. was fortunate enough to come back and, and uh, playing the other three and, and win the cup that year. And that's leadership. Yeah. And the players see that. And they see and the best player. And well, you did it. You, like uh, MV, like Iserman in Salt Lake, MVP of the Canada Cup in 76 on one knee. And Mario came back game two after that back moment. Mm -hmm. And then Neil Wilkinson and Sean Chambers, their backs went yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the greatest goals. Yeah. And then, you know, I saw it, Wayne, when uh, you and Mark had the 84 Cup reunion. It was so pleasing to see every guy on that team doing well. Uh, and when you have achieved your dreams like you four have and carry it forward the way you four have, uh, it's just beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bobby Orr, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and Mark Messier. Uh Canadians with a 5 nothing lead. They're going to blow this shutout with like one second left tonight like last time. Did that cheer you up there, Grant? You have hate or you? No, with any shutout loss that's not... Uh, on a team where you have a guy in fantasy, shutouts are worth big mm. points, okay? You need those shutouts lost. Losing them with one second is heartbreaking. Oh, no kidding. Heartbreaking. <laughs> but other than that, uh, two points is good, right? All right, so it was media day at the Super Bowl. See what we can get from that. Uh, it's always good to hear from Bill Belichick, right? Why not? He actually smiled yesterday. Someone got him to smile. And uh, Tom Brady cried. <laughs> from the Super Bowl. That's next. shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Do not settle. Demand. demand. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on demand. How long do you think that uh, NHL fantasy update is going to take us tonight? From now till 10.30. From now until 10.30. <laughs> Right, we don't have time We've for always, We haven't missed out squeezing one in. All right. So we're going to get All it. right. So I'm going to squeeze in uh, Tom Brady here. We'll save Dan Quinn and Bill Belichick, the coaches, for tomorrow night. So best of Tom Brady in a minute and six seconds for media day. just want to be positive tonight and, uh, you know, talk about how great of a football team we're playing. I've been fortunate over my career to play with some great, great, great receivers. Here's your ball. All right. Good catch. You're not supposed to use your hands, though. You know, it's a great game to watch. And, uh, I mean, imagine what it's like to play. And, uh, you know, I have a chance to play. So, I just, I've loved it since I was a kid. There's the goat right there. What would I do with my fifth Super Bowl ring? Well, 
I would say I'd wear it, but I never wear these rings. Yeah, Julian Edelman loves burgers. Go give him the burger. It's the only thing going on in my life right now is is getting ready for this games. Who's my hero? It's a great question. Well, I think my dad is my hero because he's someone that I look up to every day. And uh, my dad. Hearing his eye, Grant. My dad. It was beautiful. My dad. My quarterback. <laughs> All right. It is crazy, crazy busy. And uh, as we do uh, every night at this time, uh, it is time. Well, not exactly at this time. On on some nights we do it later because there aren't as many games as there are tonight. 28 teams uh, taking part in tonight's NHL action. Thank goodness like some of them are only getting underway. So where are we going here? Oh, look, I've got a list of my games. Thank you, Grant. Let's start with the Canadians against the Buffalo Sabres, your National Hockey League fantasy update. Looking for the shutout, Carey Price. What's he done? He has stopped 31 shots. The shots are 34-31. Really? You don't want Zach Bogosian in your pool. He is minus five. <laughs> I want a minus you know what, six. You know what the worst part of it is? That it's not his fault. He made the nice, easy pass from behind the net twice. That then turned into a giveaway and an easy goal, and he wasn't the guy. But guilty by association. Three goals for Max Pacioretty. 22, 23, 24. Radulov, one, two. Is that it? Two crappy assists for Radulov? Uh, Philip Deneau with an assist. A two assists. Thomas Plakanitz with an assist. Same for Sven Andragetto. Uh, David Arnais scores his fourth of the year, and I know there's another goal in there somewhere. It belongs to Paul Byron. Uh, Plakanitz with an assist there. 14th of the year for Byron. Very impressive. Islanders three, Capitals two. That's a final. Quine, Strom, and Boychuk, the goals for the Islanders. Uh, Ladd, Dehan, Tavares, Nelson, Beauvillier, and Sezikis with assists. Thomas Grice, hot off that new contract, 28 saves in the win. For Washington, Kuznetsov with a goal and assist. Ovechkin uh, with a goal, and Backstrom, Williams, Orpik with assists. Philip Grubauer, who gave Braden Holpe the night off, 26 saves. And by the way, Boychuk's goal, his game winner, was an empty netter. Because Ovechkin scored that pointless late goal to make it three two. Ah, six uh, four for the Rangers over uh, for Columbus over the Rangers. Bad goaltending. Lundqvist three goals on sixteen shots. Round to three goals on ten shots. Nice. Anyone stop a puck over there? What do we got here for Columbus? Two goals for Jones. Buffalo scored. It's my fault. My fault. Over here, me. Uh, two goals for Seth Jones. Wenberg with a goal and two assists. Zach Wierenski with a couple of assists. Calvert with a goal. Foligno with a goal. Uh, Brandon Saad, one and one. And Anderson, Gagne, Hartnell, Johnson, Carlson, Murray, all with assists. On the other side, goals to Grabner, Klein, Kreider, and VC. Assists for Zibinijad, Stepan, Nash, Miller, and Holden. The win for Corpusalo. Who? 
Carolina 5, Philadelphia 1. Sebastian Ajo, three goals and an assist. Big night for him. Falk and Skinner, the other goal scorers. Lindholm, Teravainen, two assists. Stempniak, Stahl, Hainsey with assists. Cam Ward, 13 saves at one point for the win. Uh, Shen, power play goal, the only goal for Philadelphia from Gosses Bear and Voracek. New Jersey 4, Detroit 2. Let's give you the goals. It's uh, Nosen from Zaka and Josephson. And then Palmieri unassisted, uh, shorthanded. That made it 2-0 New Jersey. Uh, Zetterberg from Nyquist to Mantha put them on the board. But then Palmieri again from Hall and Lovejoy. Uh, then Henrique shorthanded again. That's not very good, Detroit. Uh, Tatar on the power play from Cronwall and Helm. Uh, the goaltenders tonight, Schneider, uh, 25 saves, two goals against. And Coro. 22 saves, uh, 18 saves on 22 shots. Dallas 6, Toronto 2, Shore and Richie with a goal and assist, Korpakoski, Faxa, and Jamie Benn with the goals. Spets actually just uh, scored the 6, so he's in there as well. Dan Hamus and Tyler Senge, each uh, 2 assists. Sharp, Klingberg, Honka, and Cracknell assist there for Toronto. Bozak on the power play from JVR and Marner. Soshnikov from Matt Martin. Toronto goaltending, bad night. Anderson, three goals against on eight shots. McElhinney, three goals against on six shots Yowza. so far. So not a good save percentage tonight. All right, uh, Ottawa four, Panthers four. Who's my favorite Ottawa senator? Ryan Zingle. Two goals for the Zing man. And he has uh, how many uh, on the season now? Do you know? How many goals does Zingle have? Don't 14? look. 11. Oh, 11 man. goals for Zingle. And he had two in the first period. You can't be done, son. All right, uh, what else is going on there? Golden assist for Carlson. Uh, those are the only two-point men. Um, thought. Pyatt, Ryan, Smith, Stone, Torres, all with assists. Uh, Wideman has uh, the other goal for Ottawa. Uh, two goals for Matheson on the other side of the scorecard. Uh, Pissick, is that his name? Yep. And Sevier? Colton Sevier, yep. Sevier. I knew that. Three games left. My goodness, where do they get these guys from? Scarbosa uh, with a couple of assists. Uh, Bukestad, Demers, McKenzie, McKegg. Petrovich also uh, with assists. Condon and Luongo, uh, 28 saves and 32 for Luongo, and they are tied at four. 924 left in the third. Boston 3, Tampa 2, Bergeron from McQuaid and Marchand, Cresci from Marchand and Miller, Chara from Miller Bolesky. Tampa Bay's two goals, Killorn from Hedman and Johnson, repeated for the second because it was the same goal. It's crazy. Uh, What's 3 2, goals, Tampa Bay man. in the third Stop period. Yeah. All right, uh, Pittsburgh 4, this is a final, and Nashville 2. Uh, Yamkrok from Irwin and Wilson. Kunitz from Wilson and Cole. 1-1 one, one after 1. And then uh, what happened? Pittsburgh uh, took over the second period. Daly, he made it 2-1 from Hagelin and Fear. Holmquist, uh, Hornquist, he, he made it 3-1. Oh, Buffalo scores again uh, from Sherry and Crosby. And then Hornquist again. Uh, back-to-back goals for him from Kessel and Benino. And that made it 4-1. Wilson scoring for Nashville. Winnipeg 3, St. Louis 2. Shifley, Line and Ellers, the goal scorer. Steen and Tarasenko for St. Louis. Minnesota 2 Nothing, no Dubnik, Gravoak, and Zucker with the goals. All right, and finally, uh, Los Angeles and Arizona, 1-1. We have 23 seconds left. We will tell you that uh, Martin Oak scored from Kraus and Murphy, and Kopitar from Doughty and Gabarik, and Budai and Smith were the goaltenders. Enjoy your Tuesday night. Grant Robinson will be here with the show tomorrow. I shall return on Friday. I got things to do and people to see, and uh, that's the show. Good night.